a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. Uh, normally, this is the monologue section of the program. We don't share it very often, but we are thrilled to share it today with Utah Governor Spencer Cox on a crucial conversation around our youth and mental health and social media. And uh, Governor, thanks for jumping on with us on a busy day for you. Well, well, Boyd, I would rather listen to the monologue, but thank you for fitting me in with such a busy schedule today. Oh, no, it's always great to have you on. And uh, you had a, uh, a summit, a little symposium earlier this week. And I just wanted to get back to this before we get into the throes of the legislative session. I think this is just such an important conversation. Tell us just a little bit. Give us a recap of the symposium, uh, particularly around mental health and, and youth and social media. Sure, Boyd. Well, we, we, we were very fortunate to have some national experts, some local experts. We had uh, Professor Brad Wilcox from uh, the University of Virginia who was here, who looks at, at, at these issues and, and with his colleagues has studied the effect that social media is having on our young people. And, and we know this. If you are a parent, a grandparent, if you're a teacher, uh, if, you, if you interact with youth at all, we know that things are changing. And, and the data is is just astounding when you when you sit down and look at it. What happened in about 2010 um, when when uh, when cell phones, uh, smartphones, and social media apps became ubiquitous with our youth? We have seen the uh, the, the rates of mental health decline in, in ways that that nobody would have believed 10 years ago. If you look at uh, if you look at depression, anxiety, self harm, especially among young women, uh, they the, the the we're seeing not just not just increase but double, triple, exponential type increases that are happening with with our youth, and uh, and and all all the data points back to social media and the damage that it's doing to our kids. Uh, the longer they're on their phones, the more time they spend on social media, the the, the worse uh, off they are. And, and and that was the discussion. Um, we we are now seeing classrooms. We're having teachers report where where literally half the kids in their classroom are exhibiting serious um, mental health issues and behavioral issues. And if this was anything else, if I showed you a chart and, and said cancer rates amongst our, our young people have tripled uh, since, you know, since 2010, we, we would do everything possible to, uh, to get to the, the root cause of it and to prevent that from happening. But because it's cell phones, we kind of shrug our shoulders and say, oh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess this is the, the new normal. And, and it's unacceptable. And so we are, we are working with the legislature. We're working with uh, educators across the state. We're working, most importantly, with parents uh, to see what we can do to hold social media companies accountable, uh, to, to help our, our young people have healthy relationships with their phones and, and with social media and, uh, and see what, what role should government play in making that happen. Yeah, so important. And uh, I, I think uh, involving the parents, I think, is so crucial. And I think a lot of us, uh, including all of us that are parents or grandparents, uh, I think they're in all of this social media and being online 24-7. I think we've lost this ability to uh, not only to just concentrate, uh, but to to really be still and to think deeply or to to think big. And I think a lot of our mental health problems uh, are a result of the fact that we can't think deeply anymore or just be still long enough 
to sort something out. And so we, we reach for, for more of the, the likes and clicks and hits uh, as opposed to maybe having a conversation or reaching out to somebody to get some help. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm I'm reading a book now called Stolen Focus by by uh, an author named Johan Hari, and and in this book he talks exactly about that. Um, what he's talked to the, the the best brain scientist in in the world, and and how these apps and and these phones are rewiring our brains in very unhealthy ways. We we are wired for for connection, and and these are giving us a, a fake sense of connection. But they're 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 more importantly, they're making it impossible. For, for us to focus in ways that we've done. And, and, and you mentioned this thinking deeply. Um, there, there's an important kind of, um, you know, a, a spirituality that comes from that. There's a problem solving that comes from that. And, and, and it's making it impossible for us to, to really deal with the biggest issues that we need to take care of. And, and, and even worse, it, it's making um, our kids' lives. And, and by the way, everything I say about kids also applies to adults. <laughs> exactly. uh, but it, it, just, it just seems to be worse for our children as their brains are still forming uh the the connections that they need to be making aren't there and we, now we have kids going to college that have had 10 to 15,000 fewer face-to-face interactions than you and I had growing up which yeah. means that instead of being you know socially on, on the level of an 18 or 19 year old they're they're socially on the level of a 15 year old uh, and, and all of these Things are compounding in, in ways that are going to, uh, to to make it harder for them in the future. Yeah, uh, it's so important. I want to get to what is the role of government, especially because it's our children. One thing for adults, we can have a different conversation of role of government there. And but I do want to just reinforce uh, stolen focus from Johan Hari. We're actually hoping to have him on week after next uh, on the program. Uh, it's some great research and it's a great read. Uh, besides, but talk to us for just a second, Governor, before we let you go. Uh, in terms of the the public policy, what are some of the things that we should be looking at or, or expecting uh, in order to help our youth navigate this world? Yeah, so so what you'll see is there, there are a few bills. We've got legislators that are working on, on these right now. Um, haven't seen kind of the final versions of what they look like, but but I believe that age verification is very important. That uh, that we give parents more tools. Uh, to protect their kids and, and help make those decisions. Um, there will be discussion about whether children under a certain age, uh, under the age of, you know, 14 or, or 16 or 12, what, what does that look like? Um, should even be allowed to have social media accounts. And again, putting the onus back on social media companies to do the age verification piece of that. Also protecting, we know sleep is so important. So mm-hmm. if you had, say, a junior account of Facebook or a junior account of Instagram that would shut down at 
at, at say, 10 o'clock at night and, and not turn on again until 6 o'clock in the morning, right? So, so what, what does that piece look like um, if you have the, the, an adult account versus a, versus a junior account? And then um, uh, getting, getting cell phones and social media out of classrooms, um, making sure that when our kids are in class studying that they're actually focusing. And, and when that phone is attached to, to your person, and, and we're not saying, you know, take them away from kids. What we're saying is, hey, you come into class, you put your phone in, in this basket, and then you go back to your seat, and then you can focus and you can study what you're supposed to, supposed yeah. to be doing. Every teacher I talk to, every parent I talk to says it is way past time that we start to do some of these things. Ah, so important. Uh, Governor Spencer Cox, we appreciate you leading that conversation. I know there's a host of other things on your plate and a lot coming at you as we move towards the legislative session, uh, but I don't think there's anything more important than how we help our young people navigate uh, this online world that we live in. Uh, thanks for your leadership in this space. Uh, and again, that's uh, Governor Spencer Cox uh, joining us live as we wrap up the show today. Uh, always appreciate his perspective. I think the symposium was an important thing. Uh, in terms of the conversation, it will be very interesting to see uh, just how the legislature addresses and attacks uh, this from a public policy standpoint. What's the role uh, of the kids? What's the role of the parents? What's the role of the teachers? Where does that fit based on age? Where's the role of the social media platforms? Uh, and that conversation will continue. And uh, I will go back to uh, this idea of Stolen Focus. It's a great book. If you're looking for a read to kick off your year, uh, Stolen Focus uh, by Johan Hari. Uh, H-A-R-I, a great read. Give you some really interesting perspective in terms of what this online world is doing to our brains, preventing us from being able to concentrate and most important, to think and feel deeply. And that matters. All right, that wraps it up for Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. Thanks for joining us. And as always, as you head out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.